Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Hey, everybody. We are back for another episode. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Technology, and this is Next Level Biz Tech Podcast. So today, we're on to some fun stuff, and we're on to cloud. So uh, if you tuned into the previous episode, you got to hear us sit down with Kobe Phillips, leader of the Tolaris Cloud Practice. And now we get to jump in with a good buddy of mine who may or may not be a fan of music, uh, <laughs> loves the musical instruments, Paul Croteau, channel CTO from Rackspace. Paul, welcome on, my friend. Josh, I don't know how I'm going to follow Kobe because that man knows a lot about a lot, but I'll do my best. Love it, man. We're going we're gonna to geek out a little bit today. Okay, um, so, so before we get started, I, I always love to hear people's backgrounds. Uh, you know, I, car mechanic uh, guy, we've had parking lot attendants, we've had uh, door-to-door salesmen, we've had it all. So I, I would just love to hear it, your path leading up to Rackspace and this role that you're in, because we'll, we'll get to your role specifically here at Rackspace in a second. But just help me understand, did you have any winding path? Did you have a linear path? You know, what, what was it like for you leading up to this? Well, kids, I'm an example of anyone could do anything if you try hard. Um, <clears throat> my background is in music, not just my literal background, but my history is in music. Um, I knew from a young age I wanted to be a professional musician. So I was a very talented saxophone player in junior high school and high school. Ended up majoring in music in college at one of the best schools in the world for that, uh, North Texas and Denton, Texas. Um, did really well, won some national competitions and some awards and traveled the world as a musician. Um, but between those gigs, while the two hours on stage is always great, the other 22 hours of the day are tough as a musician. Uh, so uh, I would start doing temp work. I was, a, I was a Kelly girl back in the day. There were Kelly services. Yeah. There was uh, Job Pro. There's a company called Mac Temps. And I was a Mac guy back then. So I started in the tech world, just picking up odd jobs, starting out as answering phones, learning Microsoft Office, et cetera, learning more about networking. Uh, and, and I ended up getting a job at uh, Anderson Consulting, which is Accenture today. Uh, it was a one-day assignment for PowerPoint, and I came in and, and, and did really well. That turned into a two-and-a-half-year uh, contract for me. And later on, I'm like, hey, guys, I've been here for a couple of years. You want to hire me? And they're like, honestly, Paul, we'd love to, but you've got a music major, and that's kind of like having a criminal record on your resume <laughs> these days. <laughs> Because yeah, in the 80s, it was all about, you know, get follow your dreams. Yeah, yeah. In the 90s, it was about analytics. So that motivated me to go to graduate school. So I went to graduate school at Texas A&M, Gigum. Um, went from 94 to 96. Now, what happened in 1994? Netscape IPO, the web was actually born. Um, and so I was at a highly connected major university, fantastic internet connectivity as the web was being born. And so instead of working on organizational behavior and accounting and operational, whatever. I was learning HTML. I was figuring out how this stuff worked because I, I saw right away, this is going to be huge. So I graduated in 96 with an MBA, but my first job right out of college was at EDS as a webmaster. So I went straight into tech, totally not intending to. Uh, and then dot-com boom, the rest is history. So started out as a musician, got lucky with the timing, got in the internet when it started, and then had a lot of fun. And I've just added more and more skills over time. Love it. Love the windy path. Awesome story. Yeah. So, so now Rackspace, uh, talk, talk to me for a second for anybody that's tuning in, right? I mean, this is, 
this is people that are in this space, maybe people listening that are not from our space, or even, you know, current partners that we have that just aren't, uh, aren't, aren't in cloud. Maybe they're in Contact Center, in a different technology that they're selling. So talk to me about uh, who is Rackspace and what, what does a channel CTO mean? Sure. So who is Rackspace? Um, I answer this question all the time. I've presented to thousands of your peers, those of you on the channel listening, um, and a lot of folks don't really know who we are. They see the name Rackspace and they make assumptions. Oh, Rackspace, space in racks, co-location, Equinix, Digital Realty Trust, et cetera. Most folks in the channel that haven't worked with us uh, think that we're a colo company and we're not. We've never been a colo company. Rackspace, since its founding in 1998, has been about advanced managed services for customers. We're putting racks and spaces, but they're on our books. We bought the hardware and the storage arrays and the network gear, et cetera. We install it, we manage it, we fix it when it breaks, we scale it when it needs to grow. That's the way the way it's went, the way it's been since day one. Um, advanced managed services uh, for applications and data. Now you mentioned we're talking about cloud now. Perception in the channel these days is cloud is SD-WAN, UCAS, CCAS, et cetera, and it is uh, cloudy things. But the cloud that Rackspace plays with is the applications and data cloud. Where are customer applications running? Where is their data? And where's the best place for those apps to be running? Is it on-prem? Is it physical? Is it virtual? Is it cloud? Is it a combination? And so Rackspace is expert at helping customers identify uh, where their workloads should be running best based on their business needs, as well as their staffing and their technology needs, et cetera. Love it. And, and, and your role really as the channel CTO, I mean, obviously we've got a great working relationship. You work with our team uh, and, and there's a lot of product sets and I know we don't have time to dive into them all. There, there's infrastructure, there's all these elastic services, there's consulting, but, but your role out there from a channel CTO perspective, how would you explain what that means? It's about education and enablement. It's a national or a global overlay role. Um, my job is to educate partners um, of all roles, what we do, why we think we're better than our competitors, how we differentiate, and more importantly, how we can help sellers fill their funnels. Whenever I present, and I presented a lot, I travel a ton. Uh, this will be week six in a row on the road for me Ooh. with a seventh week to follow. Uh, it's all about, I think about my audience, who are they? They're sellers. What do they want to hear? They don't want to hear a product pitch and a bunch of spec sheet type stuff. My presentations, my job as channel CTO is to be a technical technical liaison, help you understand what we do, help you understand that you don't need to know technology super deep to help your customers. If you have business conversations with your customers, not technology conversations, you'll find more opportunity. Listen for things like disaster recovery, compliance, growth, et cetera, and then find out, you know, okay, who's the best partner? And then go back to your partners and say, hey, Kobe, I had these conversations and who do you think is the best partner? Because you guys are really, really good at mapping solution providers with partner customers. And so it's an education role, enablement role. I get paid when my, my channel sellers get paid. So I'm base plus commission, like a lot of sales folks out there. It's about enabling you folks to understand what questions to ask, how to deal with objection handling, um, and helping you figure out how to start conversations of a business nature that will lead to revenue. Got it. Uh, I love it. And fun fact, I was trying to flash back and remember, uh, this was 08, 09. I was, this was a couple companies ago, and I was in a customer service role supporting, we had this, we had this uh, unique product, and anyway, we were provisioning it on hardware. So we were buying hardware, we were procuring the hardware, we were shipping it, we were putting Linux on it, we were putting our own software on it, and, and I was approached, hey, do you want to, 
you seem like a technical guy. You want to move into an engineering role. I thought, oh, that, that sounds fun. Okay, I, I like tech. I like people. This could be cool. Uh, and they said, okay, great. Why don't you go learn uh, how to keep buying and procuring the hardware and, and the PRI cards and all this stuff and go learn this other crazy thing that's coming out, these Rackspace guys and, and Amazon and all these things that were just popping out. So I'm trying to remember, but I think definitely one of the first VMs I ever provisioned was in the Rackspace in ORD years and years ago. So that was my first exposure to cloud. And that's when I went, wait a minute, we can do this in how long? That just took me a week to do on this box, and I screwed it up 15 times. So love to see where all your products have started and where everything's at now because it opens up so many doors uh, for opportunities. Our, our growth, our part of portfolio has just always been a reaction to customer demand. Um, you know, We started in 98, three founders in San Antonio, Texas, uh, and then we just started growing explosively with a dot-com boom. What differentiated us from the literal 10 to 12,000 hosting companies that existed at the time was our focus on customer service. We created what we call fanatical support. Um, but a lot of folks don't know that Rackspace was the first hosting company to offer 99.99% uptime guarantees for power and for network connectivity. We were the first hosting company to offer 100% guarantees for power and network. We were the first to offer SLAs for ticket response time. We were the first to let customers close tickets instead of us closing tickets. We did a lot of really neat things to raise the bar that our competitors just had to follow. And that was based on, you know, customer demand. We always believe if you take care of the customers, the numbers will take care of themselves. It's a good point and, and does kind of lead us into the next question. So so you've seen a lot of technology improvements over the years, right, going all the way from dot-coms to now. Uh, and we're going to get into a deal specifically here in just a second. But maybe just generally speaking, um, what – what have you seen, what have you liked most about working with this technology, and really what have you learned that, that has been the most valuable that you can then keep taking back to customers and partners? So what I enjoy most, um, a lot of rackers feel this way. We call ourselves rackers. Um, it's about a servant's heart and helping customers solve problems. So we're really good at technology. We're a 7,000-person company. About half the company is engineers. We focus on solving problems. We're deeply certified, great experience. Um, the thing I love is that we're helping customers get better, helping them be great, relieving stress. Because we all know that most IT teams out there rely on heroics far too much. They're stressed out, they're understaffed. Um, and now IT teams are getting blown up because it's easy to find new jobs. People are being attracted with bonuses and options and things like that. So it's hard to keep a good IT core together. Rackspace provides that extension of your IT team to help folks out. We solve problems, we make people's lives better. We're never trying to replace an IT staffer. We're trying to lift their head above water, let them breathe, let them go home at night, let them be home on the weekends, let offload all that hard grunt work to us. And the fact that we can help people have a better quality of life and help their businesses be great, I love it. I mean, we do things of all verticals, but we've done some things for literal life-saving technologies, 911 type systems, care flight technology, handheld stuff, uh, stuff that literally saves lives. And so- we all want to be valued members on a winning team on an inspiring mission. That's one of our internal, you know, mantras. And uh, we do that. We do things that help customers' lives be better. I love it. Now, talk to me about. I mean, this this sector is riddled with innovation, and not, not riddled in a bad way, right? I, I think that's why we're all here. We love new and shiny stuff, and I think sometimes the hardest part is figuring out. Okay, what is this new thing that's out there? Do I need to understand it? To understand it? Do I need to master it? Uh, is it going to go away? Or, you know, is this piece of innovation key? So let's talk about Rackspace and innovation for a second, because I remember what it was like 
when I first got experience to spinning up the first VM uh, in in your ORD cloud and and you know what it's like now. So talk to me about how Rackspace views commits to R and D and innovation and what that cycle has been like. Yeah, so we're regularly funding R and D. We're doing our volume with companies like Amazon, Azure, VMware, Dell, and HP. Um, we've got you know bat phone access to technology leaders at all those vendors. Um, we're involved deeply in the change and upgrade of technologies. Um, a little short anecdote, back in the day, Google came to Rackspace and said, hey, you know, we want to up our, our cloud game. Uh, you guys are really good with uh, Amazon and Azure. We'd like you to become uh, Google Cloud Platform's first managed services provider. And we evaluated the platform and at the time and told them, no, thank you. We didn't feel it was ready for the enterprise yet. Uh, for Rackspace to turn down a Google like that, I thought that was kind of swaggy. But um, about six, eight months later, we finally said yes and did become their first MSP. Um, because we have so much clout and influence, the, the volumes that we deal with, four or five million managed mailboxes, 150, 200,000 managed VMware VMs, thousands and thousands of managed servers, thousands and thousands of total licenses of Windows and Red Hat, et cetera. Um, so we bring all this, this, this clout uh, to the market. And so we can help shape technology for our vendors. Our vendors come to us and seek that proactively. I mean, shoot, we, we, we've had, you know, kernel changes to Windows and, and Red Hat back in the day. Um, you know, we're always innovating because of our deep experience and uh, expertise, um, which is really kind of cool. And we, we fund R&D. And again, I, I keep on talking about customer demand. We, we respond to customer demand, whether it's cloud, virtualization, containers, automation, IoT. Um, we keep on growing those sectors based on what we think is hot. Yeah, I love it. I, that is, I mean, any of these great innovations, just broad-based, uh, you know, there. don't get me wrong, there have been plenty of entrepreneurial mindsets that have come out and said, this is the thing that you didn't know that you needed yet that you're not going to be able to live without. But a lot of the great, I think, innovations that you and I have seen have just come off of necessity. And yeah. it's a it's a slight iteration on, we could make this just a, a little bit better, right? You know, this first technology comes out. Sometimes it's it's good to be there first, but then uh, that you know you establish it and you pave the way. But then that second one and that third one. So it's awesome to see um, that cycle of innovation because it, it, you know it, it improves things so dramatically. Absolutely. So uh, I want to get into the meat of a deal. Now you know we 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 just touched on it lightly, right? You guys manage all types of different services and different clouds. You have infrastructure, you have elastic engineering, you have IoT expertise. So there's far more things than we have time to talk about um, today, right? But but today really being the epicenter, being cloud infrastructure and infrastructure as a service, I wanna hear from your perspective on a, on a deal so that people can hear what are customers saying about it. So maybe walk me through an example of a deal that you worked on what were the problems? How did you get into the deal? Did it start technical? Did it start business? And, and what did you put in place? What did it evolve? And, and how did it change things for the customer? Right. So we do a lot of uh, you know prospecting. We have our professional services team. We, have, of course, have our own uh, dedicated sales teams as well. They don't compete with channel. They work side by side. No haircut. Just putting that in there. Um, uh, I'm thinking of a deal, J.Crew, um, a fashion website. They've got about 500 retailer brick and mortar locations in the U.S., three separate online e-commerce platforms. When we got engaged with them, uh, I believe it was from a, a relationship, an executive relationship, said, hey, we think we can help you guys out. You guys are doing your own tech. And this is really a sweet spot for us. It's a slight sidebar. Folks that are sellers, if you find customers doing their own technology, they can probably benefit from at least a conversation with us because nine times out of 10, 
running your own IT is not the best idea. idea. Uh, so we can help with that. In this particular case, J. Crew was a self-service shop full of physical servers, uh, uh, a VMware solution as well internally, um, cabinets and cabinets of gear in multiple locations, but they couldn't keep up with technology changes. You've got Amazon pushing the edge from an e-commerce platform uh, perspective, feature sets, et cetera. And so we talked to them about, okay, guys, J. Crew, you're doing it yourself. You've got a limited size team. Um, you've got your stuff, hardware spread out. What is it you want to do? What are your goals? And then what's keeping you from achieving those goals? And they're trying to protect their market and grow it at the same time uh, without losing revenue. So we said, well, let's do an assessment. Let's just do a business process assessment. I didn't say tech. I said business. Let's see how you're doing things today. Um, sometimes people will, will pigeonhole Rackspace as a technology-only company. You only sell servers and licenses, things like that. Um, we do that stuff really well, but we can start higher. And the higher up the chain you can with the C-levels, um, we're talking to a CTO, a CIO, et cetera, about how you're doing business, how you're staffed, what's your vertical look like, um, what's your growth rates, uh, what are your problems, and talk about business. Okay, we see that you've got some limitations here using physical servers, and this can be virtualized, and this is ideal for cloud. So we'll do an assessment, an inventory assessment. Here's what you've got, and then we'll draw up a plan. We think based on what we just saw, your storage needs, your application needs, where your customers are at, how you operate, what tools you're using, um, you would benefit greatly from an online e-commerce presence in the public cloud. And let's put some of your back office stuff on a private cloud based on VMware and our facility. And so they agreed. We showed the ROI, et cetera. Uh, and then we deployed that for them. And um, we could always stop. We could say, here's the design, do it yourself. Or we can deploy it for you, take it over, or we can deploy it for you and run it after we migrate you into it. Because um, moving from one place to another is not as easy as lift and shift. Um, so we got them where they needed to go. So we got them into an entirely new configuration, a public front end for e-commerce, a back end on VMware, moved a whole bunch of data. Uh, I want to say it was 350 servers or so we got out of their building wow. into virtualized and public cloud in a much smaller footprint. Um, uh, four months ahead of schedule saved them about 30 or 40% their first year of IT costs. Now I'll start with a business conversation. How are you guys doing business today? And what are your goals? And what's keeping you from getting to those goals? I love it. I love that. that and that, that's such a common theme, though. I think some of the best deals that we've all ever done did not start with, I have seven VMs, I have this much RAM, I have this much disk and CPU. That's not very exciting. That's very commoditized. It's very transactional. So I'd love to hear just further justification that these best deals come from Ask them about the business. You don't need to know tech. We're, we're here to help with anything you might not be comfortable with, but i uh, love to hear that's where it started. When, where the conversation started uh, in the channel, uh, the channel rep uh, was asked for, I think it was for some more UCAS and to expand the UCAS system. And, and the rep just asked why. Well, what do you guys, I mean, not why, but what's the expansion? Are you guys growing? And, and what applications are this, this is connecting to? Oh, shoot, you're doing this. I got a partner in Rackspace, but maybe we should talk to them about that. So instead of just taking that UCAS order, um, or it might've been a VoIP order, they asked a question why, or what's the cause of this? And that led to a separate conversation. I want to say it was a 25 or 30K MRR deal on top of that $5,000 you know, telco deal. So Love just that. ask questions why you're doing this and you, you might find something. So, uh, you know, I was going to kind of touch on a little bit of what are, what are some of the advice you'd give partners for that, but I think you really helped with that talk track, make it a business conversation, understand the why, and, and of course, you know, make sure that your, your customers know that you have a myriad of technology that you can help them with in this area. So I, I love that, bringing it back to a business conversation. And, and here's an important thing, because I, like I said, I present every week to, I've, I've presented to thousands of you, your 
your sellers out there. One of the comments I get after they see our portfolio, I'll hear, man, I can't tell my customer all that stuff. I can't sell all that. I'm like, okay, good. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to have the business conversation to find out the business need and then let an expert figure out what technology should be applied to that need. So the biggest mistake I see channel sellers trying to do is thinking they should know more than they should and asking questions and selling something that they don't know about to their customer. Don't sell for someone else. Talk business, bring the partners in. Great point. So final thoughts here as we wrap. Um, we, we, we bring up Miss Cleo once in a while on this show, right? If you remember the, the sketchy uh, late night, call this number to get some advice. And uh, anyway, she got busted later on because it was false. But uh, nonetheless. You've seen that coming, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? That should have proved it. So if you if you look forward, right, what you've seen, where we're going, we've got things in front of us, we've got containerization, we've got serverless. I mean, what Paul, what do you, you know, your your perspective on what do the next couple of years look like? Man, there's a lot of different categories to, that this plays in, and we could do a whole separate segment just on what I think the future might hold. Um, work from home is going to continue. So helping businesses enable that via the proper network connections, via desktop as a service, which is a space we play in, securing all the edge devices that are out there because every person that works from home is a new entry point to your corporate network. So any technology around work from home is going to be important. I think data and all things around data is really the holy grail because when a, when you have an e-commerce site, every transaction goes into a database. If you're if you got devices, uh, medical devices, or you got fleet vehicles or assembly lines and video cameras, most businesses are generating a whole bunch of data and a good portion of them aren't aware of the potential of that data. So helping customers have conversations about the data they generate, because at RepSpace, we've got you know 30 data scientists, 300 DBAs. We can come in and assess the data and figure out how to protect it, how to optimize it for performance, but more importantly, how to monetize it. So talking to customers, hey, what are you guys doing about your data? Where are your apps today? Where's your data today? Would you like to learn more about how you can protect it and monetize it? So that's that's number two. And um, shoot, security is an easy, safe answer. Security is always going to be a challenge. Uh, the more folks that are accessing company networks, more devices, um, we've got to figure out how to protect that, guarantee authentication, prevent you know ransomware. Uh, so I guess those are the big three. There's, I could say IoT, I could say quantum computing, you know, there's a lot of things we can add, but those first three, I think, make the most sense to me right now. Love it. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you, going back to the days of, of, you know, buying the parts locally and putting a machine together and learning all the things that go with that and then seeing quantum PCs get built, I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to, to do that and, and keep up and qubits, and uh, it's definitely changing. So I love your... Yep. Love your glimpse, um, and I believe that that wraps us up here. We're all done for today. Paul, man, I appreciate you coming on the show today, buddy. Josh, it's always great chat. When you imagine, you know, I was tinkering with musical instruments, you were tinkering with cars, and now we're both talking about technology. So it's right. pretty cool. Love, love a good windy path. Life, yeah, life. Right. You never know how it's going to end up. I love it. All right. Uh, that wraps us up for today, everybody. Cloud infrastructure, Paul Coteau, channel CTO from Rackspace. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. See you, everybody. Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolera Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.